I'm going to talk to you about love this morning, and I think really, um, and really to walk in the God kind of love. And you know, I, I think the world has a definition of love, and we don't want to do love the way the world does love. Amen. The world's way of love, you scratch my back, I scratch yours. Kind of the world's way of love is, you know, there's something always attached to the world's way of love. But God's love, God gives freely. Amen? And so we got to get a revelation. I think this is going to be the key. And even, uh, you know, the, the, the Apostle Paul had some prayers in, in Ephesians 1 and Ephesians 3. And, and in the prayers he was praying for the church, and you could take those prayers, we have them um, on the, out there, that you could pray these prayers for spiritual growth. And um, he talks about that we need to be rooted and grounded in God's love. Amen? And I'm telling you, love is, is the law of the new covenant. Amen? Amen. Everything, you know, the, the, every, the, the, the love is dependent on everything. You know, the Ten Commandments, you... Yes, you can memorize the Ten Commandments and do all that shout nots, but you just need to memorize the two love uh, commandments is to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and what? Love your neighbor as yourself. And amen. And, you know, loving your neighbor as yourself may not be that easy. So how are we going to do this? How are we going to walk out this love? Well, first of all, you've got to get a revelation. I really believe this. You've got to get a... Re you better be glad you came this morning. Amen. You've got... You've got to get a revelation that God is good. You've got to get that revelation. Because religion may make the God look like the devil and the devil look like God. Amen. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? Religion will make you look that way. You know, when Jesus was delivering some people and he was casting out a demon, the Pharisees said, you're casting out that demon by the power of the devil. Come on, he was setting somebody free in church. He was setting somebody free in church. And, the, and that Pharisee said, you're doing... And Jesus said, a kingdom divided cannot stand. I want to say this. If we're going to walk in some love, are you listening to me? We better walk in some unity with God and walk in some unity with each other. Because the devil, he's a master. And what the devil's always trying to do, he, he, the devil likes arithmetic. And he's in subtraction and division. I know you heard that before. I didn't make that up. But, but God is in addition and multiplication. God wants to add to us. He wants to add life to us. He wants to bless us. Glory to God. He wants to increase us. He wants to have us to have more life. Am I talking to anybody in the house today? Hallelujah. I want more life. Glory to God. So to do that, you, to get to receive more life, you've got to realize that God is good. Amen. Just take the word God and add another O to it. Oh, God is good. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good and his mercies endure forever. So, so I found out because I think a lot of times God gets a bad rap. And, I, and, and, and we get this idea and... and I, I hate this type of theology that, that God is, be is behind the good, the bad, and the ugly. I don't like that theology. That whatever comes down the pike, God's behind it. Well, you know, Pastor, God works all things out. You know, he's working all things out for good. 
to those who love him and called according to his purpose. Yeah, he's working out those things that are good for you. If you're, if you're, if you're loving him and you're called according to his purpose, but all things aren't working out for good for everybody. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? All things are not working out for good for those that don't have God in their life. Amen. Amen. And I'm going to say this. The goodness of God is so good that, that people that don't have God can still live a relatively good life down here without knowing God. Because the Bible says God's goodness falls on the just and the unjust. So God's right here... This is middle ground, glory to God. This is, this is grace ground. God's grace is here, glory to God. Thank God for that. And you might say, then why do good people have bad days? I'm glad you asked. Amen. reason why sometimes we go through some struggles and sometimes we have bad days is because we, it, will, it will show us when we have good days. We, we have a contrast. And it's good to have a contrast between what's good and what's bad, amen? Evil and good. we got to be able to have a contrast and know the difference, glory to God. And I'm telling you, when, when there's some evil days I'm walking in, I want to stay as close to God as possible. Amen? amen? Are you listening to what I'm saying today? So here's, a, here's a, um, Psalms 145, 8 and 9. And I believe they got this from Moses. And Moses, it was interesting, Moses had a wonderful relationship with God. And, uh, you know, he talked with God face to face, the Bible said. And, and, and Moses went up on the Mount Sinai to, to, get the ten, to, to get the Ten Commandments, glory to God. They're not the Ten Suggestions, but they're the Ten Commandments. And, and so he got up there and, and, and he got in God's presence and, and he, and he had, had the Ten Commandments. And I don't know if you remember this or not, but the children of Israel, you know, he was up there for like 40 days. And children of Israel got restless and they ended up making a calf, a golden calf. Worshipping it. See, that's what happens when the man of God's not around. Amen? Or you're not getting into church because what's going to happen is we're going to stray from the things of God. And so they didn't have the man of God, but he, he broke those tablets, right? And then he had to go back up. And then God revealed to, to Moses his goodness. And God revealed to him and, and, and Moses said, I, I, I want to see your glory, God. And God said, I, I will show you. You know, it's interesting. God said, to, to, to reveal his glory, what God said, I will show you my goodness. Think about that. God, God was revealing to Moses that I'm not going to show you my mighty power. I'm not going to show you how, how, how uh, you, know, you know, another aspect of me. I'm going to show you my goodness. And I'm telling you, God, God put him in, 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 in the cleft of the rock, and he walked by and saw his goodness. But, 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 but we continue to read on, and God reveals himself. And Psalm 20, 45, 8 through 9 is, is what he wants to reveal himself to us as. And the Bible says in, one, in Psalms 145, 8 through 9, okay, uh, <laughs> 145, 8 through 9. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion. He is slow to anger and great in mercy. The Lord is good to all. Can somebody say all? And his tender mercies are over all his works. 
Woo, man, somebody say, I'm a work of God. Don't, don't say I'm a piece of work. No, no. Say, say, say I'm a work of God. Amen. You, you know God's tender mercies are over you today? Do you know, I, uh, you know, uh, I, I know that one minister, his, his son was going wayward. And, you know, he, he was the typical preacher's kid. Hopefully my, my kids aren't going to go crazy like some preacher's kids do. And, uh, and, so, and he went away from God for a little bit. But the Lord reminded him and said, just, just keep, every time you think about, and, his, and it was Kenneth Copeland's son, John, every th time you think about John being away, just keep repeating, my tender mercies are over John. And so you can say that over your, uh, your kids when, when, when you're worried about your children. Just say, thank you, God, your tender mercies are over my child. I'm not going to charge you for that this morning. That's, that's a freebie, amen? So, so, so God's tender mercies, amen, which means his tender mercies will draw us to his goodness, amen? I like what it says in James 1.17. It says every good gift, every perfect gift is from above. And it comes down from the Father of lights, with him, with whom there is no variable of shadow a turning. So, so what is that saying? That's saying God has only good gifts that he gives us. In John 10, 10, uh, some call this the dividing line of the Bible. And in John 10, 10, it says that the, the thief does not come except to steal, kill, and to destroy. And Jesus said, I came that you may have life and have it more abundantly. So, 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 uh, so what I'm saying about the dividing line of the Bible, it, it, it's, it's saying here, Jesus is saying that the devil's job description is to steal, kill, and destroy. And if something's coming against you that's stealing from you, that's trying to kill you or destroy you, that is not from God. Amen. Sickness is not a gift from God to teach you a lesson. Amen. Are you hear what I'm saying to you today? No, it's not. It's health and healing is from God. Sickness is from the evil one. And you say, can you prove that out? Yeah, I can. First John 3, 8 says, says this. Um, uh, he who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, this is where I want to get to. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the evil one. When Jesus came, in Acts 10.38, when Jesus came, it says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, and how he went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. So I love that because Jesus came doing good and healing all. And he was healing them from what? The oppression of the devil. So, so Jesus was undoing the works of the evil one. And that's what he's doing today as I minister. You know, if we get these erroneous ideas that God is behind everything and God's putting something on us, then, then that's making God evil. And God's not evil, he's good. It's the devil that will try to put sickness on you. It's the devil that's behind poverty. The devil's a poverty devil. 
And you say, what do you mean by, listen, any, anybody that worships God, the Bible says you worship God, you'll never go hungry. He will satisfy those who fear God. And think about this nation is, I'm getting on my soapbox today. This nation is based on biblical principles. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? And that's why I believe that this nation is so blessed. And you find nations that, that, that does not have Christianity as their foundation. They have other false religions. And these countries are the most poverty-stricken countries on the planet. They have cows that they worship. And the cows are more uh, being worshipped over people. You cannot start a hamburger restaurant in some of these. Are you, are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? They won't eat, they won't eat hamburger. I'm, I'm glad that we don't worship cows today. Well, some of us do in a, in a way. Because we like our hamburgers. Okay, we won't go there. But uh, you got to catch my humor. Amen. Anybody like hamburgers out here? Any hamburger people out here? I love hamburgers. Glory to God. And I love the way my wife makes them. Amen. Always go with, with grass-fed beef. Okay, that, that's a freebie. But anyway. So anyway, I like this. And this is awesome because I think sometimes when we're trying to... Sometimes we see... I, I've seen people on TV trying to teach on, on evangelism and how to win people to the Lord. And, and, and it, it come off in a way of focusing the person that they're a sinner and that they need to repent and that they, they better turn or burn. But my Bible says that it's the goodness of God in Romans 2, 4 that leads men to repentance. It's, listen, it's not the severity of God that leads men to repentance. It's not God beating you over the head that will get you to come to him. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? No, it's the, somebody say goodness. It's the goodness of God. that the, See, what God wants to do is he wants to use you to, to pray for some sick sinner. And then God will heal that sinner. And that sinner gets so excited that God loves him that he wants to give his life to God. Amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? You, know, you can draw more people with honey than vinegar. I got that from a book. Amen. How to win friends and influence people. Amen. And so listen, uh, we got to understand this. Now you've got to understand this too, because I think that the devil, uh, the devil always trying to bring man down to a lower level. Have you ever, have you ever looked at that? You, 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 man, you know, man is, it, and, and, and man is really, is created uh, on the highest level. Amen. In Psalms 8, 3 and 9, it says, it says this, and this is, this is man here. Is, and the psalmist is writing this, and this is really a, a perspective of how, how man is so valuable to God. And, and, and say, say this to your neighbor. Look at your neighbor. You are valuable to God. So in Psalms 8, 3, 9, I was going to say, say it to yourself, but I don't want you to get pompous. But anyway, 8, 8 3, 9, it says this, When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers... The moon and the stars which you have ordained, what is man that you are mindful of him, and the son of man that you visit him? For you have made him a little lower than the angels, and I love this part, and you have crowned him with glory and honor. You know, God has crowned mankind with glory and honor. 
You have made him have dominion over all the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, even the beasts of the field, the birds of the air and the fish of the sea that pass through the paths of the sea. O Lord, O Lord, how excellent is your name on the earth. So it says here, he has crowned man with glory and honor. And it says he made him a little lower than the angels. But that word is Elohim. And if, if you study that word out, the Hebrew word, it really means he made, made us a little lower than God. I think some of the translators were a little nervous about putting God there. And in some translations, they did have the boldness to put God there. God, we're, we're just a little lower than God. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? In other words, we're God's highest creation. Do you know that we're going to be judging angels when we, when we rule and reign with Jesus in the heavenlies? And you know, we're going to be judging angels. That means that we're going to be over angels. That means that we're just under God. That's an awesome thought. Think about that. And I'm going, to say, I'm going to say there's two reasons why God created us. Are you ready for this today? I'm telling you, it took me a lot of study just to get this. What are those two reasons, man? Two reasons why God has created us. The number one reason why God created us, well, I believe this, is to fellowship with us. That's the number one reason why God created us. He created us to fellowship with us. He didn't really create us to follow a bunch of rules. Amen. So we could see how many rules we can keep to make him happy. That wasn't the reason why he created us to follow these rules, you know, so we can have a bunch of rules to live by. Hopefully when you got married, you didn't tell your spouse, well, these are the house rules. Well, maybe you did. But anyway, won't go there. But hopefully you didn't set up house ground rules. On Maybe you did. But anyway. Hallelujah. I won't go there. But, we, but, but, but he wasn't. So, so we got to understand. And number two, the reason why he created us. Number one, to have fellowship with us. But number two, to bless us. Those are two, uh, the two only things. All my studies finds out that he wants to have fellowship with us. And he wants to bless us. And you say, well, back that up, Pastor. I will. With the scriptures here. In Genesis 1.26, it says, And God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. So we are made in God's image and his likeness. See, the angels are not made in God's image and his likeness. Are you aware of that? The angels are powerful. But they're not made in God's image and, and, and his likeness. Only we are made in God's image and his likeness. That's why the devil hates us so much. Amen. Because we are in the likeness of our creator. And it says here, and, and, and then he says, um, let us make man in our image according to our likeness and let them have dominion over the, the uh, fish of the sea and over the birds of the air, over the cattle and over all the earth and over all the creeping things that creeps on the earth. So like I kindly say, ladies, you have a dominion over creeps. So God created man in his own image. And the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. Then God blessed them. There we go. Then God blessed them. He created them. He created us. He created Adam. He created Eve. And then God blessed them. Ooh, that was the first thing God did was bless them. Amen. And, and God blessed them. And God said, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea and over all the birds of the air and over every living things that moves. And, you know, I'm going to say this. How many, how many hunters in here? How many fishermen in here? Do we have any hunters, hunters, any hunters? No. Yeah, we do. Oh, 
man, I didn't know that. Bow hunters? Okay. Fishermen? You know, you can call those animals to you, glory to God. You have dominion over these animals. Say, I don't believe that. I've heard people do it. Charles Capps used to call fish to himself. Amen? You can call these animals. You have dominion. Jesus has given us dominion. Amen. Glory to God. Uh, of course, I call my kids and they don't listen, but we won't go there. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And, uh, and so he created us. And, and Adam, listen, Adam was brilliant. You know, when God created Adam and Eve, they were brilliant people. This is before the fall. I, I believe that they, they you know, they, science say we, we use less than 10% of our brain. Anybody ever heard that before? And some of us use a lot less, but we won't go there. But, but, but Adam, I believe, used 100%. Somebody said if you could use 100% of the brain, you would rule the world. That's how powerful our brain is. And think about this. Adam had the, and Eve had the ability to fellowship with God. Adam had the ability and, uh, and the, the wisdom to name all the animals. Think about that. Think of how brilliant Adam, and people really, you are brilliant in God. Whatever God graces you to do, you're brilliant in that grace. Can I get an amen today? You just got to find out what you're grace in. Some people are grace in sleeping. No, I won't go there. But you got to find out what you are grace in. And you're brilliant in your grace. You know, Adam, you know, he, 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 he could name all the animals. I could think about, you know, of course, you know, he, he, he was naming all the animals. And think about it, he was naming the eagle. And that's a, you know, he had creative names. Uh, the falcon, you know, uh, uh, he was naming these, 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 these birds. And I believe that, that uh, Adam, you know, God saw that Adam needed a helpmate. And God, was, uh, God had to put Adam to sleep. And, of course, we kiddingly say as preachers, you know, that's the reason why men don't understand women. Because they were asleep when God created them. Amen. But I believe that Adam was actually falling asleep when he was, when he was at the end of naming the birds. And because his creativity went down. You know, I was thinking you know, about that, that he probably saw that bird. He had a creative name, but he was falling asleep. He said, B -b blue bird. <laughs> black, black, black bird. <laughs> Dodo bird. I mean, how much creativity? Are you here? I thought that was funny. But anyway, we'll go next. <laughs> Hallelujah. Blackbird, bluebird, redbird. Okay. Okay. Amen. We'll continue. So, so God, God created Adam and Eve, and he created them perfect. Amen. And he, he created them. And it says in Genesis 3.8, he said that, that in Genesis 3.8, they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden of the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord, God among the trees. So this gives us an idea that God, that God walked with Adam and Eve and he fellowshiped with him. And that was the key reason why I believe he created us. And we know this, that sin separates us from God. Sin closes down our communication with God. Sin will make us dumb. It will make us dumb. Amen. It will make us dumb people. 
And when we start walking with God, God's going to make you smart. God's going to increase your intelligence. God's going God's to raise you up. I'm telling you, when you got God with you, you can do anything. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So I like what it says in Hebrews 8.10, talking about the new covenant. And this, and this really solidifies my point. It says this, for, uh, Hebrews 8.10-12, For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their mind and write them on the hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. None of them shall teach his neighbor and none his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for, for all shall know me from the least of them to the greatest of them. For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their lawless deeds. I will remember no more. I love that because, see, God wants to walk with us and he doesn't want anything, any sin to hinder our relationship with him. So he's willing to wipe our sins off the map. So he's walking, you know what? He's walking with righteous people today. Somebody say, I am a righteous person in God. Do you believe that? It, listen, it doesn't matter. We all have weaknesses. We all have failed God. But thank God for the blood of Jesus that ever cleanses us from all unrighteousness. God wants an open relationship, fellowship with us. And he washes and cleanses us from all unrighteousness. You are righteous in Christ Jesus. Sometimes things are going wrong in our life. And we start... We start evaluating, oh my Lord, maybe I'm, I'm in a bad situation with God. Maybe judgment is hitting. Maybe, maybe this, I'm going to say this, you know, we don't need to focus so much on that. You know, if you're going to just live right, you're, you're going to suffer some persecution. You're going to suffer some things down here. The devil's going to make sure that he's going to attack your life. I, I, I'm attacked more when I'm living closer to God than when I'm further away from God. I find myself, when I'm trying to push in to the things of God, the attacks seem to get a little stronger. Oh, you listen to me today. But listen, you're going to press through and you're going to make it to the other side. God is with you. Even though you are in the fire, you will not smell like smoke. You will come out on the other side. Though you may be in the valley, you will fear no evil. Why? Because God is with you. Somebody say, God is with me. Do you know God is with you wherever you go? You know God is with you. We need to start. We need to start. Somebody was walking in fear, talking to the pastor, and the pastor, you need to get a revelation. Wherever you go, God is with you. He's with you today. He's for you today. If God be for you, doesn't matter who's against you. It used to be a song we used to sing. If God be for me, who can be against me? Who can be against me? Who can be against me? If God is for me, who can be against me? Greater is he that is within me. Man, that's powerful. Some of you like that? Maybe I should join the worship team. <laughs> Hallelujah. And that only in the Holy Ghost. Greater is he that is within me, within me, within me. Oh, man, I get excited singing about this. 
Tune in next week for the completion of this message. We would like to invite you to join us Sunday morning at Virginia Beach SDA Church located at 4136 Holland Road, Virginia Beach, Virginia. Service starts at 10.30 a.m. Nursery and Children's Church provided. This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and the Congregation of Exceed Life Church. For more information, visit us at www.exceedlifechurch.org.